Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. Robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. The NASDAQ looks like it's going to have 11 out of 12 up weeks. That's pretty insane. The only non-up week was the first week of the year. What's that mean for you and me? Well, it means that we're probably overbought momentum, maybe lower expectations going forward. I don't look at winning in the short term as winning in the long term. I think that's really important to throw down. Um, I think it'll help you in the long term be more of a distance runner mentality than a sprinter. If you're a trader, you love the short term. If you're an investor, you love the opportunity to buy when things are down. I've been sitting on a little bit of cash for the last probably three months, four months, and uh, I haven't found an opportunity. Interesting, right? Because I want to get in uh, not at the 52-week high, not into momentum. In the long term, it doesn't really matter for me. For instance, let me give you a mental check down. For me, my 401k, I invest every two weeks. Sometimes I'm buying high, sometimes I'm buying low. But as I get two, three, four, five years out, I bought low. Market goes up seven out of 10 years. But in the short term, you get kind of psychological. I don't like buying stocks at 52-week highs. I don't mind buying in my 401k at 52-week highs. I'd prefer lower. Um, and, and that plays into the mentality of getting into the stock or getting out of the stock market in a bad year. Something CFP Chad Burton talks about, a lot about is a bad year to retire was 2022. 20, Stocks and bonds were down. So if you started pulling assets out to live off of, because your income's no longer coming in, you're creating a bad situation for you because you're selling your assets at lows. I want you to think about that for a little bit. Do you have different approaches to how you think about assets? And again, in this case, individual stocks uh, versus the mutual funds or ETFs that are in your index fund that are in your 401k. Do you have different ways of thinking about that? I do. Um, And it may not be something that my spouse understands. Do you understand? And that's kind of important that I try to communicate that. Um, I'm not the easiest person to read and money confusion creates a lot of problems for people in the long term. Um, as far as love and marriage and all that kind of stuff goes, let's talk about what we're seeing. The market is, like I said, looking for 11 out of 12 up weeks. That's pretty unheard of. Um, Opening strength in mega cap and semiconductor stocks boosted the broader market ahead of the open. NVIDIA got some crazy commentary last night. 
Um, I own shares of NVIDIA and I also own shares of Meta Platforms. I tell you that for legal disclosure reasons. Um, I'm not trying to, this is a news story, so I don't really have to tell you that. I'm not telling you to buy. I'm telling you that I own these guys. But what happened last night, around six o'clock Pacific time, maybe five o'clock, I was turning through the news and I said, well, that's kind of interesting. Mark Zuckerberg says Meta will own billions of dollars worth of NVIDIA H100 GPUs by the end of the year. Um, okay, by the end of this year, you're just started. But billions worth of NVIDIA H100 GPUs. These are the GPUs uh, that power AI. Your CPU probably is in your desktop. Intel dominated that world. But then the chips got so good and so good and so good and so good that now I, I can't remember the last time I was like, ooh, Intel has a new chip coming out. I wonder if I'm going to have to have it. I'm in my 50s, but in my 20s, I had to have the newest Intel chip. In my 30s, I had to have the newest Intel chip. Probably even in my, my 40s, I, was, uh, I, I still was interested because there was the 286 chip, the 386, the 486, the Pentium, the Pentium Pro. Um, and now it's just like, eh, yeah, my computer turns on faster, but I think that's the, the solid state drive in it. And I, I don't know. I don't feel it's the CPU. NVIDIA, 25 years ago, started making graphic processing units, GPUs. They don't compete directly with CPUs. They work together to make things like video processing and video games, audio processing quicker and faster. Um, when I first got into the industry, compressing 25 years ago, when I first got into the industry, compressing audio files would take two minutes. So I would do a show, I'd record it, and then I'd say, let's save it. And uh, it would take two minutes to save. Now it takes maybe four seconds, sometimes two seconds, because of the increases in GPUs and CPUs. Now, so... Meta Platforms CEO Mark Zuckerberg said the company will have 350,000 NVIDIA H100 graphics processing units and overall almost 600,000 H100 compute equivalent GPUs by the end of the year. Our long-term vision is to build general intelligence, open source it responsibly, and make it widely available so that everyone can benefit, he wrote. That sounds like a press release. But when you start looking at the 350,000 NVIDIA H100 chips, and when he says, by the end of the year, it's telling you that there's going to be some visibility in a company like NVIDIA. He goes on, Mark Zuckerberg goes on to say, we're building massive compute infrastructure to support our future roadmap for artificial intelligence. Zuckerberg also said he's excited about Meta's progress incorporating AI technology and other types of devices like its Ray-Ban smart glasses. If you get a chance... Um, maybe head to YouTube this weekend, maybe get on the internet and search for Meta Ray-Ban Smart Glasses. The reviews are astonishingly good. And that comes from me to like put it into perspective for you. Everything that Zuckerberg has touched in hardware has been kind of crappy. I tried the Quest 2 a couple years ago. Eh, it didn't impress me. Quest 3, a little bit more so. I've never done the, the Pro version. Um, but they used to have a picture frame. Zuckerberg tried to do a phone. 
flop, 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 tablet, flop. And um, he's getting he's getting closer. And stock's not exactly cheap, Meta. Um, I think for the long term it is. Um, when I tell you that every day they've got two or three Super Bowls of eyeballs inside their products, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, now they're getting into virtual reality with an augmented reality with Ray Vance eyeglasses. Now again, I get I do get the feeling that coming out of nowhere, Apple's gonna have sunglasses next year, right? Anyway, um, in the last 12 months, Meta is up 173%. Year-to-date, it's about 8%. If you ever do consider these stocks, just try to look at the long term. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. On the 20th of January, my first event of the year, it's Pints and Portfolio in Sunnyvale, California. 1132 for individuals with $500,000 or more to invest in who want to talk about financial planning. Learn more at robblackshow.com. Join Rob Black in Sunnyvale, Saturday, January 20th, for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by January 20th from 11.30 a.m. till 2 for a little sunshine and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find pints and portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required. So go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. So I don't just talk about tech stocks. I do enjoy talking about tech stocks. There's other parts of investing that I think we need to really be quite aware of. Um, There's investing, there's earning, there's savings, there's diversification. My 401k is a lot more diversified than my personal stock portfolio. My, some of my money is being managed by professionals. I don't know what they own. I find that interesting to say out loud because I don't want to be influenced to come out and say, if we own XYZ and say, oh, I love XYZ even though I've never done research on it myself, you get the idea. But one of the bigger picture things I really want to talk about is, um, do you remember the movie Ghost? Kid would say, I see dead people. Great movie. It's aged pretty well. Knowing the ending doesn't spoil it. Um, But what I see is, sometimes I see four people. And I, I don't say that as a joke. I, I say it as like, oh, that sucks. It's, it's, it stinks. It's, it, it dreads me. Something that makes people more poor than not sometimes is their health. I'm great if you're healthy and you want to spend all your paycheck, paycheck. But when you're 65 and your health goes bad and you haven't saved anything, that's when I'm like, oh, that kills me. One thing I don't want to do is live close to poverty in retirement. That's the goal of the show is to get you to retirement with some sort of wealth. And I'll almost contrast those two is the dividing line of poverty versus wealth isn't that big. Do you have enough money to live till the day you die or do you not have enough money to live till the day you die? Do you have enough money to live till the day you die in good health? Do you have enough money to live till the day you die in bad health? One of the things that happens, and this is something CFP Chad Burton 
he's got a unique twist on it. As a financial planner, he comes on the show and he blows my socks off when he starts talking about withdrawal rates, when he starts talking about the 60-40 rule, when he starts talking about um, retiring in good years, retiring in bad years, uh, drawdown strategies, tax efficiency. But then he gets to me and he goes, you know, but I also want you to be healthy. I want you to work out. And he gets into like the, he gets into the nitty gritty of it. I think he's more right than wrong. Um, I see some 95 year old people who are in perfect health and that's amazing. Um, you get to perfect health at 95. You've probably had some macular degeneration. You've probably had some hearing loss and it probably dramatically changes how you live your life. Um, and that's where we start getting into where I want to talk about this is dramatically changing your life. And a friend of mine, his, uh, he's in the mortgage industry and his wife is in the mother industry. I, she takes care of her kid and she does a little side job here and there, but she woke up one night with abdominal pain. So they went to the emergency room. I was like, uh, Oh, you're not going to like where this goes. <laughs> Um, with insurance, it was still $12,000. Um, and it turns out it was nothing. It wasn't the appendix person. You know, it was maybe a virus in the low, in the body or something. They, they didn't exactly pinpoint it. How did, how's our healthcare system so messed up? I remember when I was, that you don't know when you go into an emergency room, what your bill's going to be. In my early days, I was on a date with Juliet. And uh, the lovely and talented Juliet. Um, she's maybe the one that got away kind of thing. But when I was in the, I didn't know, I didn't go to the emergency room. On a second or third date, uh, we, we went for a jog. I know you're saying that's that's refreshing. Uh, so we probably ran three or four miles and I was trying not to huff and puff and trying to be cool. And she likes kind of like darting her across the street and she darts across the street and I don't dart. I move like a bear very, very slowly forward. Um, so she, I got my ankle twisted. I fell down, busted open my knee. Um, and it was bleeding bad. And by this point in time, it's 10 o'clock on a, a work night. So she had to go to work the next morning. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go home and fix this up. Don't worry about it. And I couldn't, couldn't move. Um, so she goes inside, goes to bed. <laughs> I'm in the parking lot bleeding. Eventually call a friend to help drive and, um, get to the hospital. And I'm like, how much is it going to cost to get stitches? And they're like, we can't tell you. I'm like, do I need stitches? We can't tell you. I'm like, I'm not coming in there unless you can tell me. Cause I can afford $400. I can't afford $4,000. And there's like gravel in it. I mean, my leg looked like my knee looked like a hamburger. Um, so they couldn't tell me. So I was like, okay, I, I got to go elsewhere. And they didn't care. That whole doctor pledged to do what's right by the client. I get it. I get it. But in this case, I, I left with a dirty knee with gravel in it and blood coming out everywhere. So my friend calls his cousin who was in vet school and we go to her house and she gets, you know, a bottle of water and she cleans it out and, uh, she puts two couple stitches in it, you know, a couple band-aids, you know, to tighten it up to let it kind of seal shut during the night. And uh, sure enough, I, I was fine. I have a nasty scar because I didn't get, you know, proper stitches. She was in school to be a vet. That's how cheap I was and how I wasn't going to get into debt. But some people can't 
not get into debt. Um, and they don't have those resources of a vet available in the middle of the night. And they don't have that those resources of unlimited cash to go to an emergency room. So my friend who took his fat wife to the emergency room, that's going to set back their retirement. They're saving money, but not this year. Um, and it stinks, all because she woke up in extreme pain. So one of the things you got to start doing as you age is you look for resources. You look for people to help your parents age in, in place. Um, I always love stories like that um, where people help each other. You look for making your mom and your dad's living space safer. This is all stuff we had to do. We had to move my mom from a two-story home to a one-story home. Um, we had to change the floor and we had to get a phone with big buttons because she, she didn't, you know, we had to get a phone that blinked so she could see it instead she couldn't hear it. Um, and as she aged, we had to modify her lifestyle expenses to more health care, more drivers, more help coming into the home um, where she had done all that stuff herself. You get the idea. You got to really, really be in good health, but you also have to start thinking about how are you going to age from 60 to 100? 60 to 70 might be the easier part of it. 90 to 100 might be the most difficult. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the podcast, the broadcast, the narrow cast. I don't really know what to call it because it lives on a radio station for the time that's on. It streams through the internet. It can also be listened to as a podcast. On Fridays, I try to do something a little bit different where I talk about some things that are off the beaten path of getting you to retirement. Some of the big stories today is there's been a huge tech rally. A rally in big tech stocks helped the NASDAQ 100 to close at a record high. And today it looks like the S&P 500 might. I don't know. I'm not all that concerned about record highs because I'm not retired. And I still like the way I'm allocated, but I'm okay. I have started thinking about, wow, this has been a really good run. We've had 11 out of 12 weeks up. Is there anything I want to sell into strength? We are in earnings season. And last week, two weeks ago, the market had a down week to start the year. And then last week, the big financials started to report. And they didn't really rock the boat. They didn't really upset anything. So the market kind of rallied back. It feels like the market has a want to move higher right now. Taiwan Semiconductor helped the mood yesterday. It's a Taiwanese chip-making behemoth. Um, they make chips for NVIDIA. They make chips for Apple. So you would look at what Apple and NVIDIA were considered. Apple has some of their own semiconductors, and NVIDIA definitely has their own semiconductors. You would consider them fabless. They don't own their own fabs. So that is what Taiwan Semiconductor does. Now, I own that stock. It's a stock I started talking about at the end of the year last year. Um, the big risk right now is that China says we want Taiwan and they go in with guns and tanks to take Taiwan. Ooh, I would be very, very un unhappy. Um, another big risk is Taiwan sits on like earthquake country. For lack of a better phrase, it's it's it could happen any day. Other than that, I love it. So I gave you two reasons I don't love it. 
um, in a recession where if people stop buying GPUs, if people stop buying AI chips, if people stop buying iPhones, orders will be cut. I don't think they get cut to zero, though. Never seen that. Tech earning season kicks into gear next week, but Taiwan Semiconductor helped this week. Um, interesting to note that Taiwan Semiconductor is a big company. It's a nice company. It's a beautiful chart. Um, you will see periods of problems. Uh, like I said, when orders get cut, when there's earthquakes, um, things along those lines. But it's kind of a, but it's not a no-brainer, but heck, semiconductors don't exist without people to make them. If that, that helps you grasp that, that's overly simplifying it, right? Apple this week, um, it's got three or four downgrades this year. And then Bank of America this week gave it a, a rating upgrade driven by optimism about artificial intelligence, better iPhone upgrade cycle to come. Bank of America also said they're positive on the Vision Pro mixed reality headset pre-orders, which start today to provide the first taste of consumer demand for the $3,500 device. I almost want to get one and then wrap it in plastic and store it away and see if it's worth like $10 million in 20 years. People do that kind of stuff. They don't, you know, unbox it. They keep it boxed. Interesting note that YouTube and Spotify came out and said, we're not going to really put our apps on that, that headset. Now, Spotify got a huge win this week when Apple basically said, you know, uh, we've got some vision of how we could open up another um, store that's not ours, that Spotify can get paid through. That'll probably be less than 30%. Same thing with Google and YouTube TV and scenarios like that. Um, anytime you set up your subscription as recurring, Apple makes money on it. If it's done through the Apple Pay, um, through the store. Uh, Netflix also said they won't launch a specific app on the Vision Pro mixed reality headset. I find that interesting. So Spotify had a great week this week, probably because a lot of people figured out we need to change our numbers. They're not going to be paying Apple. For, uh, you, the customer, won't be sending your check to Spotify with 20 to 30% of it going to Apple. That seems unfair when there's Apple music compared to Spotify music, right? Um, so we're going to see what apps the Vision Pro Mixed Reality headset comes out with. First year doesn't mean much. If you take a look at the first year of the iPhone, it was not a sensation. It wasn't until three or model three or four that it became a thing when we started putting the internet on it and developers started developing apps and they came up with cool ways to use your phone, to check on stocks, to order an Uber. Um, and again, some of the United States government invented GPS technology uh, is something that made Apple shareholders wildly wealthy. Thank you, government. Just throw that down there for you. Um, so the Apple Vision Pro Mixed Reality headset for sale. Um, interesting to note that in the last three weeks, Apple has been underperforming. You know, I'm telling you the NASDAQ's up 11 out of 12 weeks. Um, not Apple. And it's been grinding lower, grinding lower, grinding lower. And then in the span of three or four days, it goes from 180 to 190. Uh, I, I think that's worthy of note. So I own shares of Apple. And because I work with a financial planning firm, EP Wealth, 
Um, I've got access to a lot of things, not just portfolio management, not just tax efficiency, not just doing your taxes, not just um, helping with your estate, plan it out, then helping with the estate with a financial uh, estate planning attorney, helping with funding a private high school, uh, college. If financial planning firms offer a lot of services for the same cost of a fee that you pay for a mutual fund, typically about 1%. A lot of people get caught up on fees. I'm going to tell you, it's the biggest mistake I think people make. Um, I've never minded paying. When you're talking about paying 1% to 3%, you'll hear people in the financial planning world go, that's too much. You got to watch your fees. Um, no, it depends. you got to watch what services you're getting and make sure that it's, it's actually, you know, paying 3% for a mutual fund and walking away. That might not be great. Uh, if it's one time fee, it might be great. Um, if it's recurring, it might not. So I've never found a wealthy person that a CFP didn't really work well for. Um, I think that's something I should throw down. Uh, on top of all of what I'm saying is I'm going back to I own a lot of shares of Apple. It's called a concentrated position at this point in time. And what my financial planning firm, EP Wealth, does for me is they've given me access to a firm that basically helps generate income off those shares with very complex option strategies. Um, it generates a significant amount of money. Um, the dividend in Apple's nice, but when you're talking about 1%, 1.5%, if you can get that to that big core position, generating 4 or 5%, then you're talking like, that's nice. Um, since working with EP Wealth in the last three years, that strategy alone has been very key to my lifestyle um, of not just sitting there and letting my Apple increase in value, getting a little dividend along the way, selling off 2% of my holdings so I could buy a house with cash, a big cash deposit, down payment. Having those alternative strategies helps a lot. Um, and it's something I'm going to be talking about this weekend. Uh, the 20th, uh, doing a live event called It's Pints and Portfolio. Uh, EP Wealth graciously let me do these events where I offer you a complimentary portfolio review financial snapshot. I'll be there for two and a half hours, probably have two beers, and I'm going to bring two financial planners with me, uh, Ryan Ignacio and Julie O'Rourke, um, both very, very smart financial planners. Like, I can't talk these strategies. I'm more big picture wealth accumulator. They're more fine detail wealth managers. Um, but it's Saturday, January 20th, 1130 to 2, Sunnyvale, California. It's not for the general public. It's for people with $500,000 or more who are cruising towards retirement. Hopefully everyone's 55 years old to 80 years old at the event because it's really not a wealth accumulation thing. You don't need these strategies while you're accumulating wealth. You need these strategies after. But it's super informal, which is something I really love doing. I had a teacher in college teach Shakespeare, and he loved Shakespeare so much that he offered college students, if you come in Saturday morning at nine, I'll bring you know two dozen donuts and orange juice. And as a college student, you're like, uh, okay, well, if I'm hungover, no. If, you know, there's a lot of reasons you would say no to that, but it is donuts and, and sugar free. And you get to learn more about Shakespeare, and he would, talk further details. He loved that stuff. So that's what I'm trying to replicate. That's how important that teacher was to me. 
that I've tried to replicate what he was trying to do. Never got to say thank you to him. Uh, but the events in Sunnyvale, California, I'll disclose the location to you after you sign up. You have to fill out a couple drop-down boxes. Um, but it's a great second opinion. A great, and afterwards, you get a secure leak. You get to upload your portfolio. And then Ryan and Julie will do a 30-minute to an hour complimentary review of your financial scenario, telling you where you got problems. Um, I once did one of these, and I met a guy who had roughly $10 million, and he was caught up on the fee. I'm like, you're being insane. Um, so I guarantee you, no, I'm not going to guarantee. That's a word I don't want to use. But Charles Schwab talked, did a research report that they talked about people who work with financial planners in retirement end up with $1.3 million more than people that don't because of the tax efficiencies and the alternative strategies. Um and the knowing your taxes and knowing when to pull money out and when to put money in to change your alternative uh, tax structure. Um, you can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. National Popcorn Day, Friday, January 19th. Now, you can't just walk into like a 7 Eleven and say, I want my popcorn, but you can't walk into a movie theater and enjoy some buttery goodness. Um, as a child, I was captivated by that buttery goodness. Uh, now, eh, not so much, but my kids and I get to watch them. They still enjoy going to the movies. They still enjoy sitting down with a big tub of popcorn and chop, 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 chop. Um, and AMC Theaters is giving guest free refills of any size popcorn all day long. So you have to buy it. Not a, not the best deal, huh? 14 billion quarts of popcorn are consumed each year. That's a lot of buttery goodness. 5 billion quarts of popcorn are consumed by moviegoers at U.S. theaters and other venues. Cinemark is going to give you $2 off all medium and large popcorns. Regal Theaters is going to save free small popcorn for their club members with any ticket purchase. 50% off small popcorn for everyone who isn't a member. So it's one of those days that you're like... Not exactly a great reason to rush off and see a movie, unless you want to rush off and see said movie. Um, right now, some things I always want you doing so that you can create wealth is have an emergency fund. You know, I told you my friend um, took his spouse to the emergency room in the middle of the night, and it ended up costing $12,000 to send her home with nothing. There wasn't a surgery performed. There wasn't a procedure done. There wasn't a sample of blood taken. There was nothing. Um, he's going to dip into his emergency fund this year because otherwise he won't be able to save for retirement. The emergency fund that was there for that emergency, and if you don't have an emergency fund or if you use your emergency fund, you should be replenishing it on a regular basis. Um, only 19% of Americans increased their emergency savings in 2023. That's despite 60% of all Americans feeling behind on their emergency funds. It's one of the areas that I really think you need to have installed in your financial life. Um, too many people rely on high interest credit cards to be their emergency fund. That is not a good idea. Um, would I do it? Maybe when I was like 22 years old, but I want to do it now. I don't, I haven't carried a credit card balance since college. So 
that's a long time. That's 30 years, probably like 32 years. Holy mackerel of old. Um, another thing you have to do is maximize your retirement contributions. If you're 40 or plus and you're not maximizing your retirement contributions, I think you're doing something wrong. Now, if you're under your 30s, in your 30s and 20s, and you want to do 5%, 6%, corporate match, whatever, I, I can let that slide a little bit. I'm going to say you're going to regret it later because everything I invested in my 401k, my 20s, 30s, and 40s, it's now worth a lot more, especially the 20s. So in my 20s, I invested in a company called Microsoft um, in an IRA because I wasn't working in a company that had a 401k. And it was just $2,000 that year. And that $2,000 has grown to $40,000. And I've never sold it. And it just, it kept going up and I kept reinvesting the dividend and I kept reinvesting the dividend and I kept reinvesting the dividend. Another thing you have to do right now is get rid of high interest uh, debt. You can't be paying credit card companies 20%. You can't. Um, It just makes no financial logic. So a couple other things I want to talk about, and I want to end with kind of a fun one, if you don't mind. Arriving right now at gate 14 are airline earnings. I love earnings season for different reasons. Um, I own no airlines directly. I own some airlines passively through like S&P 500 funds, probably, right? The business of economy class, let's talk about it. 2024 is gearing up to be another banner year of travel. 4.7 billion passengers, a record, are expected to take to the skies. So you're going to hear more about turbulence. You're going to hear more about crazy uh, flyers. Not because there's more turbulence, not because there's more crazy flyers. It's because there's more of them in the air. Airline revenue forecast is expected to climb to $964 billion. A third of travelers said they were flying more than pre-pandemic in a recent survey. Nearly half said they'll travel, they'd travel even more this year. So 2024 is more than 2023. 2023 was more than 2019 pre-pandemic. That's a great business run. Should I look at this? I don't know, man. Uh, Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, for the longest period of time, for 30 plus years, he wouldn't buy an airline because in the 1980s, uh, could be 70s, he bought TWA. Um, and it, it went bad on him. He learned a lesson. He got burned. He doesn't go near that, that dog that bites again. Um, Delta reported a record $54.7 billion in annual revenue. Its stock sank 8% last week. Wow. They're citing higher costs for their go- profit guidance. So record revenue, stock's not going anywhere. That bothers me. I look at airlines as trading vehicles. I do not look at them as investment vehicles. In the end, if I have to go to Boston, I'm going Alaska Airlines because they're the only direct flight out of San Francisco. Um, do you see what I'm saying? I can get to Boston if I want to do layovers, but in the winter months, no thank you. So I'm not very loyal. To me, I look at airplanes as buses in the sky, and as long as I get there safely, I feel pretty good. Now, there's some airlines that I'll stay away from, and it's going to sound snotty. I'm not a college student. Spirit Airlines. Just not an enjoyable experience of checking in. You have to pay a fee. Wait, wait, you have to pay a fee if you check in? Yes. You have to use the kiosk. otherwise. And you're like, oh, boy. 
And then like, it just, it's nickel and dime. It's nickel and dime. It's nickel and dime. I don't like that. So next week we get earnings from United, Alaska, and Southwest. Again, demand has been strong, but headwinds are rising because Delta has already told us higher cost with paying their pilots, with paying their um, mechanics, um, with airports. And, you know, if you want to use our airport facilities, if you want to dock your planes here, you have to pay us. We'll make sure the runways are safe for you to land on. We'll make sure that you have gates that are reasonable. We'll help you with your luggage and figure all that stuff out for you with you. I don't like the rising costs. Um, now, again, we're seeing it all across America with cost of labor going up. Um, the person who falls asleep on my shoulder, I'm okay with. Again, I don't expect flying to be what it was in the 1950s, 1960s, where you wore a suit, where you got really good food on a flight. Airlines learned that people weren't loyal, so they took away that really good food. They took away the spaciousness of it. They took away the high class. They learned that it was all a volume, volume, volume deal because people like me want a direct flight and people like me really don't, we're not loyal. And there's some airlines I'd prefer to stay off of. Uh, like I said, Spirit, maybe United. Um, but the United one's a personal experience that I had with a ticket agent. And I probably ended up walking away saying some dirty words. So I'd fly them if I had to. I'd, I'd do it under you know, my breath. Boeing's recent mid-air blowout on an Air Alaska flight, Alaska Air, I'm sorry. It could make meeting demand even harder in the short term if you want to fly, because a lot of the 737 MAX 9s have canceled thousands of flights. Um, Delta's annual record revenue is a positive sign for the industry, but investors plunged um, and said no. So with good revenue, with great revenue, it doesn't make up for what's happened with the 737 MAX. It doesn't make up with um, the cost structure. So that's for me. Now, you can say, Rob, I'm going to trade these guys. And I'd be like, go for it. But for me, I tend to want to invest more. I'm not a day trader. I tend to I look more long-term at the businesses I get into. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob Black. Find me at Rob Black Show. Join Rob Black in Sunnyvale, Saturday, January 20th, for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by January 20th from 11.30 a.m. till 2 for a little sunshine and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find pints and portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required. So go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.